0: Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, love people, and reach our world. One of the areas we have the most questions about is the topic of identity. In many ways, it's the central struggle of every human life. At some point, we all ask the question, who am I created to be? We're in a series based on a book by pastor and author Jeff Little that explores this very question. Join us for this six-week series entitled, Who Am I? And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. There you can find all our video messages as well as exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. Now, let's get into this week's message.
1: Amen. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, we can praise God. That's all right. Yes, God's good. Yes. Yeah. Come on. So we are in week three of our series, the Who Am I series by uh, a book by Pastor Jeff Little. And with the third week, it's titled Who Am I When I Feel Lonely? Who Am I When I Feel Lonely? In the first week, Jimmy spoke about feelings of inadequacy. In the second week, the conversation was about comparison with other people, and today, we talk about loneliness. Now, loneliness is a very powerful thing, but in a negative way. Loneliness has a very jarring effect on us. And there's a, real, there's a, there's a reason why that that is, and I want to get into that. But, you know, it, it, you know, I started thinking to myself, preparing for this message, why does loneliness affect us so much? What is it about loneliness that can be so debilitating? When you're lonely. You can be lonely in a crowded room. You can be lonely in a relationship. You can be lonely with friends and family all around you. Right? And it it, it just does terrible things to us. And, And, you know, sometimes it puts us in situations that we would have not otherwise found ourselves. Loneliness can cause us to do some very silly things. We can find ourselves in situations where we're just like, man, I I know I shouldn't have been here. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have had that conversation. But loneliness is oftentimes one of the triggers in crazy behavior. Now, I wanna give you an example, something that was kind of close to heart of somebody doing something crazy because they were lonely. How's that? I wanna give you an example. It actually hits close to home because it was something that happened to us, me and my wife, uh, my wife, Elise, on the front row. She's beautiful. Praise God. Yes. So um, something that happened to me and my wife just recently is a great example of what happened. You see, she came to me with a problem and she needed my help. And the nature of the problem was this. There was a gentleman who had begun texting her because he had met a young lady at a club, asked for the young lady's phone number and evidently the number that she gave was the number that belonged to my wife. (laughs) Right? And so it took a few back and forth conversations to finally convince this young man that she was not the woman he was looking for. Right? It took, it took a little while, but because of the loneliness that this man has felt, after figuring out that it was in fact a female on the other line, he wanted to continue the conversation. He wanted to continue to talk. And it got to the point where she was just like, can you please do something with this, please? I don't know. I've told him everything I know how to tell him. And I was like, oh baby, yes. I just, I'm so blessed. I love to help with these kinds of problems. God is good. Let's get into it. Let's figure out what's going on. So I took it upon myself to start to text this individual. And I was just like, hey man, listen, it's obvious to me that unfortunately it seems like somebody has given you the wrong phone number. And as I was texting, a response came back quick and it was like, shh, hold on, chill out, wait. I got you. And I was like, oh. Okay. Well, let's see what he's got. What, what, what is it? What kind of reply would he, would he like to give to justify this conversation continuing with me at this point, right? And he decided that what he was going to do was send me a picture of himself to justify the conversation. And folks, I've brought the picture here today and I would like to show it to you. There it is. There's the picture and he look so happy and I said to myself wow that was so nice of him to send a picture I should send a picture back and reply so that's exactly what I did and this is the picture that's what I said back God is good yes and the picture came along with a caption and the caption said Brother, you definitely have got the wrong phone number, (laughs) right? Needless to say, he has never texted us again. So God is good. Yes. Yes, Lord. It was good. So why do I tell you all this information about my personal life? The reason is because I wanted to give you an example of how crazy we can act when we're lonely. That individual was lonely. Praise God. But our answer, but, but he had the wrong answer. And so I want to give you another example, loneliness, But you know, before I give you another example, let's identify why it's so jarring to be lonely. I want to tell you the reason why, and this is something I hope that you don't miss it. Holy Spirit, please speak to someone's heart right now in Jesus name. The reason why loneliness hurts us so much is because we are created in the image of God. And God exists within community. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there's no loneliness there. So when you, who is created in the image of God, experience loneliness, you're experiencing something that is foreign to your spirit. It's unnatural for you. That's not what you were created to be. You were not created to be lonely. You were created to be in God's image and God exists within community. Let me give you an example. We take something that has just always fascinated me. You take the most secure, maximum security prisons with the, with the most dangerous criminals in it murderers, rapists, thieves, all these people that would likely kill you is to look at you. And how do they punish those individuals who get into something that they weren't supposed to be into? They throw them into solitary confinement. We're talking about a place where you've got, I don't want to be around murderers and killers all day. They probably don't want to be around each other, but how are they punished? By separating them and making them alone. It is unnatural to our spirits to be lonely. It affects us in a negative way. You know, the truth is the problem that we often face is there are many people as I start talking about loneliness, loneliness, who know exactly what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, I I just know by the sheer volume of the individuals that are in this room, there are some of you that are in here right now that are feeling lonely. We have all been in this prison of loneliness, of solitary confinement, lonely within our families, lonely within relationships, lonely amongst our friends, it's a problem. But I have good news for you right now. I want to speak life to you right now. I want you to pick up on this. If you're one of the individuals that is feeling the loneliness, God wants us to follow his example and experience godly community. He wants us to follow his example. That was a great place to say amen. Come on. He wants us to follow his example, right? And I'm going to tell you, God's word offers so many examples of him rescuing people from loneliness. There's example after example after example. We'll start in the very beginning. I want to give you some examples with Adam. Adam was created and God said it's not good that he would be alone. So he created Adam's wife to rest. Praise God. Yes. Thank you. Lord Jesus. (laughs) He created Adam's wife, right? Right. Let's go a little bit further. When the children of Israel had escaped the captivity of the Egyptians, God said that he wanted to make them a nation of priests. And I don't have time to get into what all that means right now, but, what but here's what you could take today. He didn't say he wanted one priest to be separated of all the children of Israel. He said he wanted an entire nation as a community moving in the same direction. Community. After Moses died, Joshua was the next up and Joshua was the new leader of Israel. And God told Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Moses might be gone. He might be dead, but I'm not going anywhere. I will never leave you or forsake you. Come on. Jesus, Jesus came to make us heirs to the kingdom of God to take us out of that kingdom of darkness and put us into a kingdom of light where we have family and we have community and there's no loneliness and all the tears will be dried up. Come on, somebody. Paul, Paul calls us the body of Christ. We're not individuals. We're a body. We might look different. We might act different. We might sound different, but we're all together in one body. What is the point? rescuing for loneliness has been a part of God's plan all along and I'm going to say that again because I know somebody in here needs to hear it rescuing from loneliness has been a part of God's plan from the very beginning from the very beginning he's a good God and he loves us come on yes Lord so yeah, so here we go so we're going to take a look and what the Bible has to say about all this. I'm going to be reading from Psalm chapter 68. If you have your Bibles, I'll start in verse four. But before I read in Psalm chapter 68, I want to give you a little bit of background as to what's happening in this passage, okay? So this is a Psalm that David has written and he wrote this Psalm as a celebration. He wrote this psalm to dedicate the city of Jerusalem to God because they had just taken the city and this became known as the city of David, Jerusalem, right? This is where he would dwell. So, so what all that means to you for this verse right now is that David is praising God for something that has already happened. Okay. He's praising God for the evidence that he's already seen in his life. So, Psalm 68, starting in verse 4, this is what David says. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the the cloud. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched sun scorched land so I want you to go back and look at what it says in verse five one more time it says that he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows I need you to understand something about the children of Israel at this place in time oftentimes your status came from your family Okay, your status, who you were, your value, where you were seen in society came from your family line. And if you had no father, there went your status. And if you're a widow, and you had no husband, there went your status. But God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. Your identity comes from him, praise God. It doesn't come from the things that man think are important. It comes from God. And then he reinforces it in verse 6. He says, God sets the lonely in family. You're in the family of God, Christian. That's where your identity comes from. That's where it comes from. Praise God. Yes. The point of that is this. The Lord wants to give you an identity that is greater than your loneliness, greater than your loneliness. Are you in a family and you feel abandoned? That is not your identity. Your identity is not abandoned, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. If you are in a marriage and you feel no love, your identity is not unloved. God loves you. I rebuke that in Jesus' name and I call forth God for you to show people who they really are in you in Jesus' mighty name. Yes, God gives you an identity. It's greater than your loneliness. That's something to praise his name about. Come on. God is good. And I want to go over some points with you that are going to be important for you to know because one of the greatest ways that God shapes who we are is by putting us in relationship with people, right? Pastor Jeff calls this relationship divine relationships, divine relationships. So let's learn a little bit more about divine relationships. Here's some points that are going to be good for you to remember. Here's the first one. We are designed for divine relationships. We feel alone without them. This really calls back to what we talked about in the beginning. God exists within community and he wants you to exist within community. And when you don't, you know something's off. And that's what we call loneliness. Second point. We overlook the value of divine relationships in discovering our identity. There is great value in where God has placed you right now. There's great value in being in the family that you're in, in having the friends that you have, in being in the church congregation that you are in right now. There is great value in where God has placed you. Here's a third point. God shapes our identity through the relationships he places us in. You want to know what that value is? Why is it so valuable that we said in the previous point? It's because God will shape you. He is making you. Every experience that you have has made you the person that you are right now. There is great value in the way God shapes you. Don't resist it. Just ask God for his leading and his guidance through it. You're going through it for a reason. You really are. You really are. There's value in it. That's how he shapes us. I want to give a brief overview of the story of Ruth, because that's where we're going next in the Bible. We're going to be reading out of Ruth, Ruth chapter one. And before we get into the verse that we're going to be reading, I want to tell you a little bit about Ruth's story. If you're unfamiliar with Ruth, this is going to be great for you. If you are familiar with Ruth, it'll be a good refresher, okay? So Ruth was from a place called Moab. And at the beginning of the book of Ruth, her husband died, and her mother-in-law, whose name is Naomi, was a Hebrew. She was an Israelite. So I want to stop right there and explain something to you. The people from Moab... And the Hebrews, they did not get along. This was a very strange connection, okay? The the Moabites, they worshiped different gods. They lived in a different place. They had a different culture. And oftentimes when they experienced the children of Israel, there was contention. There was fighting. It was not normal for this relationship between them to be close. So going back to what's happening in Ruth's life, her husband died. Naomi has decided that she's going to go back to live with the Israelites. And Ruth says, I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. I'm going to leave all this and go where you go. Naomi tries to urge her and say, "No, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Just go. Stay where you are. You're young. You can still find a husband. You can have a good life. Just you don't have to come with me." And Naomi is like, "No. I don't care what you say. I love you, and I'm sticking with you. Right? So we're going to read in verse 16. This is right after Naomi had tried to urge Ruth." not to come with her. Here's, here's what happens starting in verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And I want to tell you something. The point that we're looking at, God shapes our identity through the relationship he placed us in. I'm going to tell you, God placed Ruth in a relationship that changed her entire life. She did not used to worship the God of the Hebrews, but she's about to now because of the relationship that God placed her in. Don't you know, Christian, there may be somebody that God has put relationship connection between the two of you that will be led to the kingdom of God. You have an important role in God's kingdom. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a missionary. You may not be somebody who stands up in front of people. But I'm telling you, God is placing divine relationships in your life right now. You just have to recognize them. Come on. God uses every single one of you. Yes, that relationship completely changed her life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the divine relationship that you placed in my life that changed my life and put me on the path to follow you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let's look at a fourth point. Come on, this is fun. Let's do it. All right. Point number four. Because our relationships form our identity, our identity ultimately becomes our legacy. I'm going to tell you something. Ruth was from Moab. She changed her life. The the, the relationship she was placed in changed her life. But I'm gonna tell you something else. That relationship changed everybody's life in this room. Everybody's. And the reason why is because when she went to go live with the Hebrews, she met a man named Boaz. And her and Boaz got married and they had a family and from their line came King David the King that we just read about earlier and from the line of King David came Jesus Christ which is the reason that we can even be in church today come on that divine relationship changed her legacy changed her entire legacy God is good so if you're here I want to to give you a way to respond to all this, a way to respond to all this information because it's possible that you would be here and you would be in your seat and you would say to yourself, you know what, Chris, this is all great. This is great information. I have to make relationship connections and things to that effect, but I'm still lonely. I'm still lonely. What do I do about it? I'm going to tell you that I believe God wants to break some chains in your life. Because you might be here and you might be the kind of person that says, I'm lonely and I don't even want a divine relationship. Forget that. I'm I'm, I'm just too hurt. That my friend is the definition of being in chains. We're going to break that today in Jesus name. God wants help for you. He wants healing for you. We're not going to resist it. The enemy's the only one who would want you to resist it. We rebuke that in Jesus name. Come on, we're going to do this. Here we go. Here we go. How can we apply this? How can we get some practical steps that are going to help us? first thing you got to know is one thing that's above all else only God can fill the void of loneliness only God he's the only one who can do it he's the only one who could do it we're going to give you three points they're going to help you bridge that gap between loneliness and God filling you okay three things that we can do that are going to help facilitate this connection. And this is the thing. If I've lost you, I need you to listen up because here's the thing. The, out of the three points, the first two are the foundation for the third. Without point number one and number two, three is going to be empty and you need all three. Okay? Here we go. Number one, understand that people cannot fill you. Understand, people cannot fill you. For those of you that are familiar with your Bibles, when I said that I was going to the book of Ruth, you may have anticipated since we're talking about relationships and not being lonely that I would have highlighted the relationship between Ruth and Boaz. But I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Why didn't I do that? Because Boaz is not enough for you. He is not enough. Boaz will not fill you. If you're looking for your Ruth, she's not enough for you. If you're waiting you have kids, they are not going to be enough for you. Your fulfillment has to come from Christ, has to come from Christ. People will fail you. Number two, bless Lord Jesus name, get comfortable getting alone with God. You have to be comfortable getting alone with God. Being in solitude with God is a spiritual discipline. And again, we don't have time to unpack all that, but basically what a spiritual discipline is, is a very intentional practice you put in your life to facilitate closeness with God. And I'm going to tell you, there's a very big difference. Some of you guys might be thinking, well, Chris, didn't you just say solitary confinement is the most messed up place you could be? Hold up. There is a big difference. Between being alone by yourself and being in community with God, there's a huge difference from taking distractions out of your life and just having that one-on-one time with God. It's very difficult for you to do at first because we're so used to distraction. Oh, my phone. Oh, my soap operas. Oh, my friends. Oh, my lunch. No, 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 no. None of those things will fill you, okay? None of them will. Practice getting alone with God. This is going to be one of the primary ways you experience that godly community, that godly community between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you, and you. Praise God. Here's the third point, right? Number three, be brave enough to let people in. Be brave enough to let people in. I'm gonna tell you, Christian, if you don't understand that people can't feel you, and if you haven't practiced getting alone with God, you might make the unfortunate mistake that I've made plenty of times in my life of thinking that letting people in was the solution. It's not, it's not. It is just kind of like the icing on the cake. (laughs) It's the icing on the cake as God places you in divine relationships. Don't resist it, don't resist it. You might be asking yourself, Well, how can I do that step? What is it that can help me let people in? I'm so glad you asked. You can join a life group. (laughs) Come on, we just launched them, right? We just launched them, right? You can join a life group. Hey, don't worry that they've already started. They'll still take you. Just sign up on the website, sign up on the app. You know, I'm gonna tell you, there are some people here that have not joined a life group because you think that you're too busy. I'm gonna, you, you, you have to make time for this. We make time for the things that are important to us. Godly relationships are important. Okay? Some of you haven't joined life groups because you thought to yourself, oh man, I don't know if these people are going to accept you. They accepted me. You're good to go. (laughs) Come on. You know? I'm so hyperactive. They asked me if I wanted coffee in the morning, and I was like, yes. And my wife was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. You're good. Take a chance. And if they don't accept you, guess what? You've already known that, God, that people cannot feel you and you've already experienced that godly connection, right? Some of you, I'm going to be honest, some of you guys are not in life groups because you think you're too good for them. You think that you're too smart for them. You think that they're talking about something below you. You're just like, who does Chris think he is? He can't. Hey, I'm family. I can say that, okay? <laughs> I'm family, all right? If that's you, if you're the kind of individual where you're like, man, this is boring. Oh, this is a waste of time. Nah. Listen, guess what? Maybe it's not all about you. Maybe there's somebody in that group that needs your perspective. Maybe there's a godly relationship that hasn't been formed yet because you haven't gotten off your behind and gotten to a life group. Our gifts are not for ourselves. Our gifts are not for ourselves to consume them on ourselves. We're supposed to be representatives of who God wants us to be. Join with Godly community. I love you guys. (laughs) I do. Join with Godly community. Okay? All right. So, I want to challenge you to guys today. I want to challenge you today. Okay? And here's the challenge. You do not have to be the person who feels alone in a crowded room. We've already talked about how God is about the business of rescuing from loneliness. We've already given all those examples and we've given you some practical steps. Number one, understanding that people can't feel you. Number two, getting comfortable being alone with God. And number three, being brave enough to let people in. Christian, you have the authority to live the way that God intended within a Christ-like community with other people. Do not let the enemy steal your joy. And I say the enemy, and I've been saying a lot of spiritual things on here. Get back, devil, blah, blah, blah. Why? Because I'm going to tell you that loneliness is not of God. And I think we've proved that here today. Amen? All right. All right. So if you're here and you're one of the individuals that heard this entire message and you were like, wow, you were pretty hyperactive and those were great points, but I can't apply them because I have never said yes to God. I've never made the decision to let God be the Lord of my life and all of the answers that you've given me are dependent upon that. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you're here and you have not said yes to God and you have not decided to serve him in your life, do not let this day go by. Do not walk out of these doors without understanding and taking part of the great gift that he has for us. You see there was a reason why Jesus had to die on the cross. It's because our sins are so wretched in the face of the Father that he cannot be a community with them. So Jesus died to take all the punishment for our sin after living a righteous life. And he said, this is going to be the great exchange. I will represent them and they will represent me. That's what salvation's about. It's not just about praying that your sins would be forgiven. It's about making a commitment to say, Lord, I will follow you and serve you. Thank you, Lord God. I want to represent you. So if you're here today and you would like to take that step, if your heart is the heart that's beating fast and your adrenaline is pumping, then this is you. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that I've had the opportunity to hear that you've come to save, that you died for me, and that I could represent you, God, as you take away my sins. Please, holy God, forgive me for any missteps that I've taken, and teach me how to live in a way that gives you glory. I choose to live for you today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Let's give those people a hand. Yes. It's the best thing that we can do here.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church slash resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.